You are now tuned in to the Believe Podcast Network. Do you believe? The following podcast is a production of the network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. Welcome to the Herd and Ten podcast. Here's your host, Jake Putinsky. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Herd and Ten podcast. I'm your host, Jake Putinsky, and you can find me on Twitter at jfortinskynfl. You can also check out any of our dedicated social media accounts on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, at Herd and 10 Like I mentioned, we have a YouTube channel. So if you don't like listening on Spotify, Google, Apple Podcasts, you can check out our episodes on YouTube. And they actually are released earlier on Friday mornings on YouTube. So if you want that early access to each episode, go to our YouTube channel and just look up Herd and 10 podcast and you will find it there. Let's get right into it. Another week and I get to say it again. Bills win, Bills win, Bills win. It feels so good every week to say that. The Bills are 10 in 3. They have a two-game lead on the Miami Dolphins and are starting to get a real stranglehold on the AFC East. The question becomes, if they win the division, what place are they going to get in the AFC? Because that's going to determine whether they have to play who's most likely to be the first-place team in the AFC, which is the Kansas City Chiefs. That's a team that we don't really want to play till later on in the playoffs. So ideally, the Bills get second in the conference. That would be pretty amazing. I mean, they did beat Pittsburgh, so they're in line to potentially get second place. But if they don't, hopefully they at least come away with third place. But it's going to be interesting. Now, obviously, the Baltimore Ravens did win on Monday night against the Cleveland Browns in a crazy game really high scoring and that means the Bills have not clinched yet and are not officially in the playoffs just yet. However, seeing the way the Ravens looked tells us something, which is the Ravens are not that good this year. They have Lamar Jackson who's having a tough season. He's really just running the ball a lot. He's not having a lot of success in the passing game and their defense does not look the same. They're giving up a lot of points. They don't look the same. So a good thing here is we don't really have to worry about the Ravens like last season. They do not look like that same team. Lamar Jackson does not look like that same quarterback that we saw, that MVP caliber quarterback. The MVP of the NFL last season is certainly not going to be the MVP this season. Speaking of MVP, Josh Allen 
he could be the MVP this season. He's had an incredible season, and he continues to turn heads. When we look at the game that the Bills just had in prime time against the Pittsburgh Steelers, Josh Allen looked really good. But what's important about this, and I, and I really want to dive into this, it's that he didn't look good in the first half. He definitely struggled. It was mainly because the Pittsburgh Steelers were blitzing him and he had no time. Our offensive line really did not hold up well in the first half. They were not giving Josh a lot of time. And on many occasions, he was hit while he was throwing. His interception, he was hit while he was throwing the ball. So it's not that he looked bad, but he certainly was struggling. He certainly was not finding players and if he was he was getting hit so it's not all his fault but he didn't have an impressive first half what's important though is the way he bounced back in the second half the way the builds as a whole as a team bounced back in the second half we need to understand and and I talk about this later with our guest the bills are a resilient team Sean McDermott has instilled this confidence in the team that no matter what is happening, that no matter how much they are struggling, they always have a chance. So you can just feel it. You can see it. They believe in themselves. And it starts with, like who I said, Sean McDermott, but also with Josh Allen. Josh Allen just is moving with so much confidence. He's playing with such poise. That it's allowing everyone around him to play more comfortably. I think that's the best way to put it. The team itself is playing comfortably. They went up 9-7 in the first half. And in the second half, Josh Allen exploded. He went off. And it's because he was comfortable. He was confident. He believed that even though he struggled in the first half, He could bounce back. The offense could bounce back and come out and score some points. And that's exactly what they did. Josh Allen is showing that whether things are going well or not, he is going to give the Bills a chance to win. And that is what makes a great quarterback. I talk about this later in the episode with our guest Ryan Thomas, who, by the way, is a diehard Bills fan, just like I am, and he is super knowledgeable. So make sure that you stick around for that part of the episode. But I did talk about that Josh Allen, he is growing. He is becoming something special. And at this point in time, in my opinion, of course, it's my opinion here, Josh Allen is the best quarterback the Bills organization has ever had. It's not to say Jim Kelly wasn't great. He's a Hall of Fame quarterback. It's not to say that Doug Flutie didn't do great things. He did. But what Josh Allen is doing, when you look at the 13 games this season, what he has done is something that no Bills quarterback has ever done. I believe he has the highest passer rating for a Bills quarterback in a single season already. I mean, we'll see over the next few games if anything changes. It doesn't appear that anything will change. But Josh Allen just seems to be something special. I've been saying that for a few weeks now. There is something special about the guy. He just has this 
confidence in him that makes him a great quarterback. He is an elite quarterback in this NFL. And he did it in perfect prime time against the Pittsburgh Steelers. He did it. He showed up in the second half. He carried the offense. They won the game. It's not to say Stefan Diggs didn't have an unbelievable game. He did. Diggs is a great receiver. Diggs is probably also the best receiver the Bills have ever had. But that really falls on Josh Allen because your receivers can't perform well if they don't have a good quarterback. Just like a quarterback can't be great without some quality receivers. But really, the offense truly falls on Josh Allen. It falls on the quarterback. And Josh Allen is leading this team. And that is why they are 10-3. and Their defense has improved. And that's excellent. But really, the key here, Josh Allen. The guy has developed. He has done it in his third season, which is incredibly uncommon. Usually you see the jump from year one to year two. You don't tend to see this type of a significant jump from year two to year three. But look, Josh has done it. He has taken that leap and he is now leading this Bills team. And I didn't think I'd say this. They are now a Super Bowl contender. I've been having these conversations with my brother Kevin for the last month. And he was convinced that the Bills were a full Super Bowl contender. But I wouldn't admit it. I wouldn't say it. Because I knew the Bills were good. I knew the Bills were really good. But I wasn't sure if they were quite ready to be a true Super Bowl contender. It, it's not to say I didn't think they could make the Super Bowl. I did. But I didn't think they were a real contender. I thought, okay, if they play really well, they could win some games in the playoffs, get maybe get a little lucky, make their way into the Super Bowl. But I didn't truly believe that they were an arguable favorite to get into the Super Bowl. And at this point in time, if analysts aren't considering them to be, they definitely should be. Kevin, you were right. You are right. The Bills are a Super Bowl contender at this point. They are the second best team in the AFC, potentially. I think Kansas City is the best team in the AFC. I think the Bills are a very close second. Yes, the Bills lost to the Chiefs, but the Bills have gotten significantly better since then. The Bills have beaten really good teams. The Bills look like a Super Bowl contender. You heard it here on the Herd in 10 podcast right now. Whenever you're listening to this show, the Bills are a Super Bowl contender in the 2020 NFL season, which will be 2021 if the Bills make it to the Super Bowl. I want to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about the drive of the game from the Steelers game. So, we'll be right back in a moment. Thanks. It's the gift-giving season, and now there's a great card game that gives you action on any televised football game you watch. Just add your family, friends, and fun, and you have The Drive. Playthedrive.com. If you miss The Drive, you miss the party. Playthedrive.com. Welcome back. Let's get right into the drive of the game, which is brought to you by The Drive. And that can be purchased at playthedrive.com. 
If you didn't just hear the quick commercial, please go to playthedrive.com and get your hands on the drive. It's an awesome card game that allows you to bet on every single drive in any football game. It really makes every game so exciting. I love playing it. It just adds a little bit of something. And if it's not something that you want to use during a Bills game, use it during another game to make that other game more exciting. And the drive of the game is not really a drive this week. It's more of a play. And it was by cornerback Taron Johnson. Taron Johnson picked off Ben Roethlisberger late in the first half and ran it back for a pick six, which ended up giving the Bills the lead 9-7 to heading into halftime. I'm saying that that was the drive of the game because I think that was the real big difference maker that really brought the Bills back together. They were in a tight battle. It was a defensive struggle. And Taron Johnson came up with a huge pick. And not just a pick, but a pick six. And giving the Bills the lead heading into halftime, I think really helped them. I think it boosted them. I think it gave them that momentum shift. The tides certainly turned after that play. Now, Let's get into the final segment of this part of the show, which is weekly wins and lazy losses. This segment is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming, but they now also offer products for other parts of your body. Before I get into this segment, I just want to tell you a little bit about Manscaped's latest product, the new Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, which uses the same skin-safe technology when you're trimming those delicate nose hairs of yours. If you buy this product using the promo code HERDAND10, you will receive 20% off plus free shipping. So please visit manscaped.com and when you go to purchase an item and hit checkout, include the promo code Herd and 10. That's H E R D A N D T E N. And get 20% off and free shipping on your entire order. So get the new Weed Whacker and or the Lawnmower 3.0 and make your balls a priority this holiday season. So for weekly wins. The Bills need to make Drew Locke uncomfortable. I talked about comfort for Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills in the first part of this episode, but what they need to do is make sure that Drew Locke and the Denver Broncos offense is uncomfortable. Drew Locke has shown that if he gets comfortable, he can go off, he can cook. He has the ability and he has the receivers. He also has really good running backs. So you need to make him uncomfortable right off the start. You got to get pressure on him. You need to make him feel uncomfortable when the game begins because if he can't get going and he's uncomfortable, he will start making mistakes. He will start throwing picks. He will start forcing balls into places that he doesn't want to force them into. The second weekly win is the Bills need to have a quick start. This is one of those games where it could go either way. I do think the Bills are going to win, but the Denver Broncos are better than their record says. They have had some really impressive wins, and they've had some losses that they could have won. 
really close games. So you need to have a quick start, especially as the favorite coming into this game. You need to have a quick start and really solidify that win right off the bat. Get pressure, make Drew Locke uncomfortable, and get the offense going right away. Take a quick lead. Force the Broncos into a situation that they don't want to be in, which is moving away from their run game and putting a lot of pressure on their young quarterback, Drew Locke, to make things happen for lazy losses. If the Bills fail to cover the deep ball, if they're unable to slow Drew Locke and the Broncos' deep attack, they could lose this game. You need to not only make Drew Locke uncomfortable, but you also need to make sure that he can't successfully throw the ball deep. They have some really impressive and fast receivers. They have Jerry Judy, who's a really quick and talented route runner. If you let him get deep, if you let KJ Hamler get behind your secondary, the Bills could be in trouble this week. You also need to stop the gaps in the middle for the run game. If you don't stop the run game, if you don't stop those runs up the middle early on, it's going to make stopping this Denver Broncos offense really difficult. I think the Bills could lose this game if they allow the Broncos run game to get going early. Because I talked about it, that would allow Drew Locke to be much more comfortable. It would allow him to escape the pocket, have some play action plays, roll out, and he's really good on the run. He's really good outside of the pocket, so you need to contain him and keep him in the pocket. And the way you do that is stopping the run. If the Bills can't stop the run, particularly in the inside, up the middle, the Bills could lose this game. That's it for the weekly wins and lazy losses segment. Before we take a break, I just want to mention who is coming on. I mentioned it a little earlier, and that's Ryan Thomas. He actually also has his own sports podcast, so it's definitely worth checking out. But honestly, stick around because I had a great chat with Ryan. Such a nice guy, such a knowledgeable guy, and honestly, just really relaxed. Just like me, he's in a good mood right now. The bills are rolling, and he is excited about it, and you really feel that in the episode. So please stick around after this quick break. We will be talking to Ryan Thomas and having a great chat about both the Bills game against the Steelers, but also really taking a deep dive into their upcoming matchup against the Denver Broncos. Thanks. Hey, Bills Mafia. This has been a crazy year with a lot of changes. Good changes like the Patriots not sitting at the top of the AFC East. But this year has certainly brought some challenges and has made it harder for us all to connect with our fellow sports fans. If you are a big sports fan like me, then you need to join this new sports fan community called Playing the Field. Playing the Field has developed a dating and community app centered around our sports fan lifestyle. It is a great sports-focused interface from their profile trading cards in your favorite team's colors down to their bubblegum in-app currency. The best part 
is that right now, while they're still in beta, it is 100% free to join. And you also get extra in-app bubblegum that you can trade in when their premium features get added in a few months. Go to playthefielddating.com and sign up now to buddy up, recruit teammates, or find your MVP. Also, be sure to check out their podcast, The Fan Experience, where they interview sports fans just like you and me and let them share their fan experiences. The Fan Experience is live Tuesdays and Thursdays at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. Or you can catch the replays on Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can't have a team without a mate. Go and find one now at playthefielddating.com. Welcome back to the Herd and 10 podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Jake Fertinsky. As mentioned earlier, we have an exciting guest on, Ryan Thomas. If you haven't checked out his podcast, you really should. The Thomas Take Sports Podcast. He has his own podcast. He's been doing it for a little while. He focuses on the Buffalo Bills, which is why we got him on today. How's it going, Ryan? It's going great, Jake. How are you? I'm pretty good. Happy with the Bills win. Oh, I'm I'm ecstatic. I still, like I said, uh, you know, in, in leading up to this show, as we talked throughout the week uh, on the Twitter sphere, I've I've lost some sleep over the excitement over that win uh, that took place on Sunday Night Football. It was a pretty beautiful one, to say the least. Yeah, no, what what a win. It was truly beautiful. Before we jump into that, I'll just let you give our listeners Twitter account, that kind of thing, where you want them to check you out. Just let them know. Sure, yeah. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryan Thomas Take. My sports podcast is the Thomas Take Sports Podcast. It's available on every podcasting platform, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts, YouTube, um, Facebook. Uh, I've been very interactive uh, streaming the show. The show is streamed live, and um, I have viewers that join the show and throw in their comments, whether it's a pregame show or a postgame show, or just throwing out opinions uh, based on you know the the um, next matchup that the Bills might have, or you know maybe a, a storyline uh, within one Bills drive. Uh, I've greatly enjoyed interacting with all of Bills Mafia throughout the country, and uh, there is no better fan base than the Bills Mafia. You know that, Jake. It's a great fan base, and this is particularly a great time to be part of Bills Mafia. We have not seen a team like this in a very long time. This is just a great time to be a Bills fan, and I'm so thankful that I became a Bills fan when I did because this is just it's worth all the suffering because now we are here and we are leading the AFC East. So let's jump straight into the Bills' massive win over the Pittsburgh Steelers. What are your key takeaways from this game, Ryan, other than the fact that it's a big win, the Bills had a nice win, Josh Allen had an impressive performance again. Although we saw some struggles in the first half, he seemed to have picked up on what the Steelers were doing and really picked apart their defense in the second half. So coming out of this game, is there anything else specific that we can take from that, that you take 
from that win over the Steelers? The win over the Steelers to me uh, cements the fact that this Bills team is different. This is not the quote unquote same old Bills. Um, sometimes I think as Bills fans, we are so accustomed to the, uh, the, the, the car kind of being veered off the road, driven off the road and kind of crashed into the proverbial ditch. We, we kind of fear that within a game, we expect it almost because we've been so accustomed to it throughout the years. And this team has proven throughout this season and especially in, in last Sunday night's game that um, they are not going to collapse, that they, that they, they do have the mental fortitude and the mental toughness. They're a resilient group. And that's what made, those four Super Bowl teams so special uh, and it's kind of like a back to the future with the fact that the old Bills team was so resilient and so mentally tough now this Bills team is so resilient and so mentally tough without comparing the two too much they are very different they are one and the same in that regard and it, it's a true testament to Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean who inherited a culture and a, and a franchise that was really um, in disarray post the rest the post the uh, Rex Ryan era as uh, you know he came and went as the head coach and you look at this team just position by position they've brought in so much young talent as well as veteran leadership and it has provided this team with just the perfect mix uh, moving forward at, at, as a uh, 10 and 3 you know proverbial top three team in the AFC in my opinion. Yeah, it's pretty unbelievable that they are now in that top league conversation, not even just in the AFC. I do want to note that the Bills run game was still not impressive. I think we've come to understand that this is not a particularly good run game. We have Josh Allen and that's our offense. And for a long time, I kept arguing that we need this balance. We need to see some run. But honestly, at this point, I'm just accepting the fact that we are a modern offense that throws the ball 40 plus times a game. And that's what it's become. And I'm okay with that. And I guess for me, if that is what the Bills are going to be, and if that's what they're going to be moving forward, I'm okay with that. So, I guess I want to ask you, are you on the same page as me? Do you have concerns? Do you think that the lack of run game could be an issue in the playoffs? Or is it nothing to worry about because we have Josh Allen and our receiving core has been phenomenal. You look at Stefan Diggs, who I would argue at this point is potentially the best wide receiver the Bills have ever had. I would also argue that Josh Allen is the best quarterback the Bills have ever had. I think some people are going to not like that comment, but honestly, that's where I'm at right now. Are you feeling the same way? I definitely agree with you on the, the whole uh, principle of balance within that offense, the whole thought process of we need balance. We need a 50-50 or, or at the very worst, a 55-45 split between the, the passing game and the run game. It's more so to what you touched on as well. When you are in the playoffs and you're playing one of these top teams, one of these playoff caliber teams, whether it's the Ravens or the Browns or the Chiefs, uh, take your pick, and you have a lead, you have to run the football to preserve that lead, throwing the football and forcing, you know, your def the, the opposing defense forcing incomplete passes gives them the ball back quicker. That's just, you know, common sense football 101. 
time of possession is even more important in the playoffs than it even is in the regular season. And it's obviously still very important in the regular season. So, you know, I do agree with you. And we have shared the same sentiment on my show. I've talked about that as well. I think Devin Singletary is a fantastic running back. I, I don't think he gets featured in this offense nearly enough. Uh, Zach Moss, obviously there has been moments this season where he's rattled off some really impressive runs where he has that power dimension in his game where he can run a guy over and uh, running back that can somewhat uh, rile up the sideline with his power ability, a la, you know, a former Bills running back, Marshawn Lynch, who had that beast mode capability, obviously. So I would like to see the Bills create more of a balanced attack on offense. I think that they are going to have to do that uh, in the playoffs. And if, if they don't, um, who's to say that it will be to their detriment um, because they have been able to win these games being just this aggressive passing attack led offense by Josh Allen and, and Stefan Diggs. And what a beautiful acquisition that was, Jake. I mean, in terms of acquisitions in recent memory via trade where the Bills make a trade with another team, Outside of LaShawn McCoy um, being a, another solid one that, that carried the load for this team for a few years, I, I would say the Stephon Diggs acquisition was one of the best trades that the Bills have made in, in my lifetime and in, in, in our lifetime. Um, expectations, my expectations prior to the season were that the Bills offense passing would be far much, um, far much more improved did I think that it would be like this? No, I did not. And, and I don't think anybody else did either. And that's what makes this so exciting heading into week 15 and beyond. Yeah, our offense has obviously shocked both Bills Mafia and the rest of the NFL. I don't think a lot of people thought our offense was going to be this explosive. I don't think people expected the Bills offense to be in shootouts and be able to win in shootouts, which is truly something amazing and it really speaks to what you mentioned previously which is their resiliency it doesn't seem to matter what kind of game they're in what interception josh allen throws or a fumble zach moss makes the bills team bounces back they are resilient and they are tough and that's something that you want to carry into the playoffs and it seems like the bills are coming together right before the playoffs we look at the Bills' defense. They've taken a leap forward. Over the course of this season, they have progressively improved, both in the run game and specifically in the pass game. Cornerback Taron Johnson, who is out now with a concussion, but I guess we'll get some updates as to when he'll be back or when we should expect him to be healthy. But he's improved dramatically. He started the season the first few games. People were calling for him to be benched. People were calling for him to be cut. They didn't feel he deserved to be on the roster. And now he's playing like an elite slot cornerback. He made a massive play against the Steelers. And he's continuing to show that he can step up in big moments. Ryan, what do you think of the Bills defense now? And are they maybe going to be that key piece to the Bills being able to ride themselves through the playoffs and not just win one game, but maybe win two or three or more games. When you think of the identity of this team heading into the season, right? Like I thought that the bills defense would be, you know, a top three, maybe top five at worst unit across the NFL. And there were so many weeks, you know, leading up to um, I would say probably, probably from like week one to week eight, 
where the Buffalo Bills defense just did not look like they had much of an identity at all. And the identity of the Buffalo Bills has shifted from being, you know, a defensive led team to now an offensive powerhouse. But now the defense in December playing December football, which is obviously I think the most important uh, heading into the playoffs. If, if you put yourself in position, December football playing clutch December football on defense to your point, Teron Johnson with that pick six, I think that set the tone for the second half, um, a momentum swing, if you will, from, you know, Teron Johnson getting that pick six, Buffalo really just rallied around that play. It seemed like after that pick six, their offense was cooking, their defense was playing more physical. Um, I think this defense is training in the right direction. And what is so uh, missed sorely missed in this offense or in this pardon me in this defense was Matt Milano and I know that he was nicked up and banged up um, over the you know course of the season but now it is reported that he's fully healthy and he's out there you know he was playing this past week against the Steelers and I think having that linebacker core together and healthy um, is is crucial for this defense it helps Tremaine Edmonds Edmonds looked at times a little bit flustered without Milano standing next to him um, this secondary is one of the best secondaries in the league with Micah Hyde and, and Jordan Poyer and obviously the best corner arguably in the game and Tredavious White. Now we're starting to see um, the depth pieces step up and Tron Johnson and I know Levi Wallace gets a ton of flack as well but he made some pretty solid plays uh, in the game on Sunday night there was a couple that you know didn't go his way but Prior to that, uh, on the Monday night football game against the Niners, I thought he made a beautiful play that was called pass interference. Um, and I, I didn't know what, what the refs were seeing on that one. That was another one that was kind of a head scratcher. Um, but this defense is heading in the right direction, and they're kind of firing on all cylinders right at the right time. And it, it could be a recipe for disaster for the, for the opposition. The Bills could ride this wave, hopefully, throughout the rest of the playoffs, and hopefully they become the contenders that, that you and I believe that they can be. I mean, it seems like you said it's coming together at the right time. You don't want to peak too early in the season, and it seems like they're peaking near the end of the season. Jumping into the Bills' next matchup, they have an interesting game ahead. They're playing on a Saturday afternoon against the Denver Broncos, and they're going to be on the road. And the Broncos have been an interesting bunch this year because they're – not really in the thick of things. They don't really have a shot to do anything but spoil other teams' seasons. And at this point, they've won some really impressive games, but they've also had some brutal losses. It's going to be interesting to see which Broncos team shows up this week against the Bills. And look, I'm confident in the Bills. I think they're a much better team than the Broncos. I think they're significantly more talented on both the offensive side of the ball and the defensive side of the ball. But the Broncos did beat the Miami Dolphins, who have looked very impressive. They also only lost 22-16 to to the Kansas City Chiefs. And then they go and they beat the Carolina Panthers. So I'm trying to figure out where the Broncos are and if they're a legitimate opponent that the Bills need to be concerned about, especially because the Bills are coming off to huge primetime wins, and they're definitely feeling themselves. The question is, is that going to make them cocky coming into this game? I know that's not really their identity. Coach McDermott has, has really led this team 
and, and instilled confidence both in Josh Allen and the rest of this team, but not too much confidence. He likes to play week to week. He doesn't like the players puffing their chest too much. So are you concerned at all with the Bills going into Denver, playing a Denver team that has had some impressive games? And it's also on a Saturday and it's on the road. So do you have any concerns? Uh, Concerns, I think. Concerns in the sense that you have to take every opponent seriously. Uh, Am I concerned that the Bills won't take the Broncos seriously? No, I'm not. I actually think that, um, as you kind of touched on, the fact that Sean McDermott, he's the leader of this team. You know, he he, the the attitude that Sean McDermott uh, brings to the game of football, the discipline mindset that he brings to the game of football, I think just radiates throughout that entire team. You can even see it in the interviews that these players conduct leading up to a matchup or, um, you know, after a matchup, after a game is over, you see the, the calm, cool, and collected uh, poise that Josh Allen has, that Stefan Diggs has carried. Uh, and I think that that is a reflection of their coach. What I am concerned about, though, is I think this Denver team is a little bit better than what most people think, and, and they're better than their record. They could play spoiler to, you know, the Bills and some of these other opponents that they have throughout the rest of the season. It all, it all comes down to Drew Locke, though, in, in terms of, whether the Broncos are going to show up as a legitimate force week in or week, week out, whether they are a legitimate force, whether they're not uh, drew lock has to show up for them. There are weeks where drew lock looks like a world beater. And then there are weeks where drew lock looks like he does not belong as a starting quarterback in this league. So I think it, it all depends on which version of drew lock shows up. This Broncos offense does have a lot of talent, does have a lot of youth uh, and youthful talent as well as just talent across the board. They have a solid uh, young group at, on their offensive line unit. Drew Locke, obviously, I think Philip Lindsay has shown some decent things in this league. Melvin Gordon is expected to be in the lineup uh, for them. So they have talent, they have players, and they have a defense that uh, might not be what it once was, but they have savvy veterans on that defensive side of the ball that I think, you know, going up, a going up against a, a young offense or a, a new offense and that the bills are still relatively new together. They haven't spent, you know, years upon years, seasons upon seasons together that could potentially pose problems. But I do believe that this bills team is just so locked in and so mentally focused that I don't see uh, them falling off the wagon, so to speak, in this game against the Denver Broncos. I think that this is going to be a big victory for the Bills, and um, I think that it could be potentially a defensive battle between both teams, but I think that the Bills will pull out the W. You mentioned that Drew Locke is really the center and really the core of this Denver Broncos team. They live and die with Drew Locke, and unfortunately, Drew Locke has not necessarily become what they had hoped this season he hasn't developed as much or as quickly as that organization would have liked him to but like you said there has been some success drew lock has shown what he is capable of the question becomes can he do it consistently and i like that because i think that that's going to be the key to this game is you cannot allow drew lock to get comfortable we've seen in some games I I don't watch a lot of the Broncos games but I've seen enough of their games to know that if Drew Locke starts out really well and is comfortable to start the game 
he can really settle in and start picking defenses apart. It also opens up the run game, and it should be noted that Denver Broncos have a pretty steady run game. Like you talked about, they have Phillip Lindsay. They also have Melvin Gordon. They got a really solid veteran running back core that can explode if the passing game is working. So what I want to talk about here is what the Bills need to do to stop Drew Locke. What do the Bills need to do, Ryan, that's going to ensure that Drew Locke doesn't get comfortable, that he doesn't start to really feel himself and really understand our defense and really pick us apart because that's certainly possible. We've seen it happen to this Bills defense. Now they've improved since then, but they've had some games where they don't look quite right, where they're not getting pressure or they're not batting balls down. So what do the Bills need to do specifically right off the bat, probably in the first quarter to really set that tone and make sure that Drew Locke is antsy in the pocket? Really last week, Locke put out a, a great performance, as, as you mentioned, uh, against the Carolina Panthers. He had four touchdown passes uh, in that game, and they have weapons on this offense. They have Jerry Judy. They have, as I mentioned, Melvin Gordon and uh, Philip Lindsay. Another dynamic to this offense is uh, K.J. Hamler, who had two big plays in that Broncos game last week. And I think the Bills have to do actually more of the same in terms of what they did against Pittsburgh. This Bills defense was forced to uh, be spread out. Pittsburgh comes with that spread, somewhat West Coast offense. Denver is very similar. Um, Trey White, Levi Wallace, hopefully Teron Johnson's out there. Uh, the, the secondary is going to be spread out. So we need our secondary to step up in this game and step up early. Um, I think Denver is actually going to try to test this up the middle run defense of Buffalo, uh, which you know it and I know it, Jake. There are some weeks where up the middle Buffalo looks pretty good. Uh, they looked very good against the San Francisco 49ers. They shut Raheem Mostert down. But then you go back to earlier in the season and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire looked like Barry Sanders that night. So we have to uh, shut them down, I think, originally up the middle as well as the Denver Broncos try to spread this offense out. This Buffalo Bills defense is one of the better defenses in coverage as far as uh, the opposition attacking us via the deep ball. Buffalo is very good at, at stopping the deep ball, uh, minimizing the big completions. And that's what Drew Locke loves to do week in, week out. He loves to throw the long ball. He loves to throw for over 30-yard passes, 40-yard passes. Um, if that is the case in, in the sense that that's how Denver wants to attack us, I think it's going to be a long night, a long day, I should say, uh, for Drew Locke. Yeah, I think that that makes sense. And I and I like that you bring up how you actually think they're going to test the Bills defense. They're going to see what they can do in the run game. And that's probably going to determine what Drew Locke can do. Because if they can run successfully, it's certainly going to open up the pass game. Or the reverse, which is what I mentioned. If they're passing well, the, the run game's going to open up. But probably with a young quarterback like Locke, I think I agree with your point more so than mine, which is they're probably going to look to get the run game going early to make it easier on Drew Locke to allow him to do this play action. And Drew Locke is pretty, pretty quick. He can move. And I think it's not really something that other teams prepare for enough. I think he has the ability to roll out and gain a few yards and gain a 10 yard 
uh, scamper to, to get a first down. He can certainly do that. And he's showed that now on multiple occasions. So I think that's something the Bills should be prepared for as well. That Drew Locke is going to take off if he needs to and when he sees opportunities. So really shutting down, like you talked about, the run is probably going to make it much more difficult for this offense to spread out and really see their success, especially down the field on deep balls, like you had mentioned. So Ryan, I got one last question for you. We're going to do score predictions here. Do you have a score prediction on this game? Who is going to win this Saturday primetime battle between the Buffalo Bills and the Denver Broncos? I kind of gave away my pick earlier. I realized that as I answered one of your questions here on the show, uh, I do believe that the Bills are going to win this game. Uh, I do think it'll be a little bit closer than most people think. Um, I think it could be potentially 31-21 Bills. I think that that'll be my score prediction. I do see Josh Allen uh, and Stephon Diggs continuing this um, amazing connection that they have. Uh, I'd like to see this run game get a little bit more involved. Maybe Devin Singletary contributes a little bit more via the passing game. That's something that I'd like to see as an added dimension in this offense as well. Let's see Singletary out in space via screen passes. Uh, that's something that I think would would add a new dimension to this offense and make this offense potentially even better than it already is. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think that this defense is going to be tested. It's going to be moments where, you know, the game is back and forth, but I see the Bills winning this one going 11-3 and three and Ottawa and upward. Agreed. I think the Bills are going to 11-3, and three, and I think they're going to have another big win over the Denver Broncos. What I want to bring up is something that you just mentioned, which is that other dimension to this offense. Because at this moment in time, Josh Allen has been incredible. But he has been put to the test. He's being asked to throw a lot, even with with no one in the backfield, spreading it out. It's a lot to ask of a quarterback. And it's a lot to ask of him to do every single week. There has to be something else to this offense. And I think you nailed it. I think we need to look at getting guys like Devin Singletary out in the open field for screenplays. Devin Singletary's got incredible speed but he can't seem to get going in the run game. But maybe if we can get him some screen passes, get him out in the open field, he can make a couple guys miss, and before you know it, can get a 20 to 30-yard game and maybe even a touchdown. So I agree with you. I think that that's probably something we need to start seeing. And now when the Bills pretty much have a pretty solid hold on the division now, I think they need to start testing some of those other things and seeing if they can get some of these other types of plays going prior to the playoffs. Cause you don't want to start adding new stuff in the playoffs, but you do want to at least prepare yourself and see what works and what doesn't. And I feel like the screen game, we haven't seen a lot of success, but we also haven't seen a lot of attempts in the screen game. So I would love to see a little bit more of that. For me, I got a prediction of 30 to 20 for the Bills. I think the game is going to be close, like you said. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I think there's some people that feel that this could be a blowout because look who the Bills just beat, and now they're playing the Broncos. But like we've talked about, the Broncos are not a bad team. They have some special, talented players, both on the offense and the defense, and we really shouldn't expect a huge blowout win. 
but we should expect a win because the Bills are, like you said, a top team in the NFL, which means every game should be a win, or at least you hope that they have a real shot to win every game. So I think we got the Bills moving to 11-3. and I'm glad you feel the same. Ryan, thank you so much for coming on. It's great to have you. Being on your show was wonderful, but it's nice to have you on, on ours as well. So I really appreciate you coming on and we'll definitely want to have you on again. You're a real diehard Bills fan and, and we love that here. So thank you so much and go Bills. Thank you, Jake. It's always awesome chatting with you. Uh, all things Bills. This was a real pleasure for me and I look forward to talking to you again sometime soon. Hey, football fans, it's Chris Phillips of the Ball Hawks Podcast. Come join myself and my co-host, Steve Fisher, as we dive into all the biggest NFL news, games, stories, free agency, we have it all, including weekly rundowns of our favorite teams, the Seattle Seahawks, Wilson, watch it all, deep ball, Metcalf, got it! And Baltimore Ravens. Lamar Jackson trying to run away from some people, still on his feet! Ball Hawks Podcast, where weird food takes and movie opinions meet expert NFL analysis. This is the Kids on the Escalator Podcast. Here's CM and BD. Hey, it's Brent. Hey, I'm Chris. We're the hosts of the Kids on the Escalator Podcast on the D1 Network. We talk about the coolest stuff in the universe, like comic books, like movies, like video games, sometimes even some wrestling. Things get a little out of hand. Currently, we're breaking down every single episode of The Book of Boba Fett, and it's pretty friggin' cool. Yes, it is. KidsOnTheEscalator.com. Dean Blundell Network. Good times. Rad dudes.